My name is Jessamine Anderson Frain, and you're listening to Becoming Beauty. Our hearts were made for the infinite, so the ache we feel for more than this earthly life should drive us forward. But to where? And how do we get there? In this podcast, we're exploring what it practically and tangibly means, as C.S. Lewis says, to be united with the beauty we see and become part of it. This requires our entire being, body and soul. So we'll need both to journey well. Let us begin. Merry Christmas, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Becoming Beauty. I hope you are enjoying a beautiful Christmas season with your loved ones and experiencing the hope and joy that Jesus' birth offers us. Now, we are still at the beginning of the Christmas season, so don't you dare think about taking down your tree or packing up the decorations. Christmas lasts all the way through Epiphany on January 7th, and we've just been through a quiet preparatory season of Advent, so now is the time to feast and celebrate and be merry. Enjoy those cookies and Christmas cocktails and blast your favorite holiday tunes. I hope you relish every minute of this beautiful, joy-filled season of Christmas. Because we are nearing the end of a year, I wanted to do an episode on a topic I always find so interesting heading into a new year, and that is word of the year. I've been choosing a word of the year for many years, and I love learning what other people's words are. The Abiding Together podcast, which I've mentioned here before, always kicks off the new year by giving each host, of which there are three, a chance to share their word of the year and the story behind it. They also talk about how their word of the year from the previous year has kind of fleshed out, which is fascinating and fun to listen to. My word of the year for 2024 is still settling, so I don't feel compelled to share that quite yet, but if you you can follow me along on Instagram at Jessamine Anderson for that update, because I'm sure I'll post it there. But I wanted to do an episode on my experience with having a word of the year and share some tips for choosing your own if that's something you're interested in trying. Looking back, I'm pretty sure that 2017 is the first time I chose a word of the year. And I likely did it because my sister did it. And I just, you know, even though I'm 30 years old, I still like want to do the cool things that my older sister does. So I think that was the first year I did it. I was living in New York City at the time and I was struggling, struggling immensely with the path I was on. It was actually a very dark time in my life and probably one of the loneliest seasons I can remember. In the midst of that dark season, I chose the word radiant as my word of the year because it was how I wanted my life to feel. It was how I wanted to feel, but it didn't paint a very accurate picture of my life that year. That is an understatement. My life unfolded in completely unexpected ways in 2017. I left New York, which I never thought I would do. I moved back to Indiana for the summer, and then I moved to Nashville, Tennessee that fall. Paying 2017 taxes was a nightmare in case you were wondering how complicated it is to live and work in three states in the same calendar year. So don't recommend that. I digress. (laughs) Looking back, I can see that I chose my word of the year based on my own desires instead of really involving God in the process. And that has changed a lot since that initial word of the year choosing. I was trying to think back on all my words of the year and I honest to goodness, I cannot remember what my word in in 2018 was, but I think I can remember the rest of them. So I don't remember 2018, but 2019, my word of the year was rhythm because I was trying to focus on creating a day-to-day rhythm in my life as well as create more music. 
My word in 2020 was restore, which almost felt ironic when the world seemed to fall apart in front of our very eyes. <laughs> but I chose that word because my heart was really broken after losing my mom in um, August of 2019. So I desired restoration of some kind, but I had no idea what that looked like. When lockdowns began, I almost laughed at the word restore, but then I saw God do what only God can do, restore in the midst of brokenness. I saw families restored. They were eating and playing together again. I saw my right relationship with material things restored. I started decluttering and minimizing my belongings to make room for what really mattered. I saw friends and family finally having the space to reconsider their priorities. And I watched their joy restored as they made decisions to let go of certain things. I mean, I saw friends and family leave jobs and find new career paths and do all kinds of things. And I saw this restoration happening. There was a lot of pain in 2020, but having restore as my word of the year gave me eyes to see some of the goodness God was bringing about in the midst of darkness. At the end of that year, when I was doing my goal planning for 2021, I wholeheartedly invited God into the process for the first time. I kind of let him into some of it in years prior, but the end of 2020 was the first time I'd really intentionally prayed through the process of choosing a word of the year. In my ambition and my boldness, I decided that my word for 2021 was going to be resilient. Just like in 2017, I was trying so hard to choose a word for what I wanted my year to look like, to feel like, to be like. I even wrote that word down on my vision board in bright letters, but it just wasn't settling. When I looked at the word resilient, I almost felt this sense of pride and self-reliance well up in me, like I am going to be resilient. But that's not what's supposed to happen when you're in the right headspace. Resilience is a wonderful quality, but it wasn't what God was asking of me in 2021. He kept putting the word simplify on my heart and I rejected it outright because it was too simple. Ha! I was being such a goober, which is what I call Guinevere all the time. So it's kind of become part of my vocabulary. It doesn't really sound very professional, but I'm going to stick with it because it makes me smile. So yes, I was being a goober. I also didn't think the word was unique enough. How dare I share a word of the year with someone else, the horror. But it was exactly what I needed in 2021. And it ended up being the perfect word. I kicked off the year with a three-month contentment challenge where I didn't buy any non-consumable goods from January through March. I did a capsule wardrobe challenge, so I learned how a simpler wardrobe made my life easier. I also had just gotten married at the end of like in the fall of 2020. And so my husband and I were trying to figure out like, how do we get rid of stuff? Like I had stuff, he had stuff. And then we got all of these wonderful wedding gifts and we had to like really learn how to simplify. So we, we did a lot of decluttering and then we moved to Tennessee in March of that year. So shortly after moving to Tennessee, I got pregnant and I was so exhausted, which forced me to simplify my calendar and my workload. The Lord did not need my resilience that year. He needed my presence. He needed me to abide. And I could only do that by simplifying many aspects of my life to make room for the peace and quiet he wanted to give me. So at the end of 2021, I once again invited God into the process 
And my word for 2022 was abundantly clear. This was like probably the clearest it's ever been. Life-giving. I read a book in 2021 called The Life-Giving Home by Sally Clarkson, and it profoundly changed my perspective on home and family life. I also knew I was going to have a baby in 2022, so I would be literally giving life, bearing life. Little did I know when that word was chosen by God for me, that that word would be a driving force for many hard decisions during that coming year. The ministry work I once loved and to which I had devoted years of my life was no longer life-giving, and I made the heart-wrenching decision to leave my job. I pursued more life-giving work through musical endeavors I had previously thought were off the table. I found joy in music in a totally new way. Motherhood, though challenging and sanctifying, was more life-giving than I could have ever imagined. I was able to hold up different opportunities to that word and ask, is this life-giving? Should I continue with this or should I choose this? If the answer was no, then I didn't walk down that path. Even tasks that weren't necessarily life-giving, like laundry, gave me an opportunity to ask, is there a more life-giving way to do this or to manage this? Laundry had become overwhelming with a new baby, and I was cloth diapering, so that was an added layer. But I realized that the part that wasn't life-giving was the fact that it was always out. It's like even if I had folded it, I wasn't putting it away. So I realized that the life-giving way to do laundry would be to make sure to put it all away. So that became a daily goal. It's like, even if I was doing a, you know, a single load or just washing a few things, I needed to fold it and put it away by the end of the day. And it was a game changer. That may sound simple or even dumb, but having the word life-giving as a measuring stick was enormously helpful in 2022. And honestly, that word continues to be a measuring stick to this day. At the end of 2022, there were several ideas kind of spinning around in my head. I was exhausted from living in the digital world and I desired a more hands-on life. I was just like itching for paper and pens and I, I wanted to put my phone away. Sometimes I wanted to chuck it out the window and never see it again. <laughs> I'm sure we've all had that feeling. I wanted to get my hands dirty. Well, Let's start with, I wanted to learn to love getting my hands dirty. I wanted to interact more with creation. I was just aching for more than a digital life and a life that could be captured on a screen. So where did that lead me? My word of 2023 has been tangible. I have loved this word. Pursuing and cultivating a more tangible life has been challenging, it's been interesting, and it's been fun. The Lord has invited me to learn new skills, get my hands dirty, accept more messes, which is not my MO, I will have you know. The Lord has invited me to remember the things I love doing with my hands and recognize just how draining it is to be connected to a device and consuming content all the time. I wanted to share three seemingly unrelated things that helped me settle on this word for 2023. And I say seemingly unrelated because we all know God totally like stitched these things together just for me so that I could connect all these dots and choose this word. Like it was all him. The first thing is a quote that I discovered a few years ago when I took my first Theology the Body course. And it became the quote that has accompanied my word tangible for this year. 
This quote is from St. Bonaventure, and he's speaking about St. Francis when he says, In things of beauty, he contemplated the one who is supremely beautiful, and led by the footprints he found in creatures, he followed the beloved everywhere. Oh, this quote just like, mm, it just sings to my soul. I desire to see God in all the true good and beautiful things around me. I want to see God in all that he has created and all that he puts in my life. I want to follow him everywhere. And the Lord was telling me that I needed to cultivate a more tangible life in order to do this. Come to think of it, I think I might have used that quote at the beginning of one of my early pod, earlier podcast episodes. So if you've heard it before, <laughs> that's probably where it's from. The second thing was a YouTube channel. I discovered this beautiful YouTube channel. The creator's name is Madison Gray. I'll link to her channel in the show notes with a few of my favorite videos. And she has just completely overhauled, overhauled her life during the last several years by minimizing her possessions, slowing down, and getting her hands in the dirt. I was so inspired by her channel, and I ached to cultivate many of the same habits she has worked on. Her way of life didn't seem that far out of reach for a few reasons. The first one is because she's a young mom with two young children. And I feel like other kind of like minimalist, slow living channels I have found, a lot of those people either don't have kids or their kids are grown or they were just in a different season. But I saw a lot of my season in Madison's content. And so this like kind of this way of life that she'd been cultivating didn't feel so far out of reach. And she had been working on some of the things I've also been working on, like minimizing, eating more whole foods, and just trying to create a simple and beautiful life for my, my daughter. The third thing is what ties all of this together so beautifully, and that is my ongoing study of John Paul II's Theology of the Body. I plan to do an episode, likely more, maybe in a whole series, on Theology of the Body, T-O-B, as it's often referred to. But one of the major cruxes of T-O-B is this. God shows us how important our bodies are by the very fact that he took on a human body to become like us so that he could save us. We often think that our souls are more important than our bodies, but this is false. In fact, it's actually a heresy. We were created body and soul. We were designed by God to be integrated. And it's only because of our fallen human nature that we are at war with our bodies. God has been teaching me so much about the goodness of my body, especially through motherhood and all of the changes my body has gone through. And having tangible as my word of the year has affirmed this goodness in so many ways. If you haven't listened yet to episode two of this podcast, I highly recommend it because I share a lot more about that topic in that episode. There's also a book related to Theology of the Body, and it's probably one of my favorite spiritual books. And this, the book is called These Beautiful Bones. It was written by Emily Stimson Chapman, and she writes about an everyday application of Theology of the Body. In Catholic circles, people often think of TOB as only talking about sex and sexuality, but that's a really narrow perspective. It does talk a lot about that, and it gives you a very ordered perspective on God's design for our sexuality, but that's like a sliver of all that T.O.B. has to offer. And in her book, Emily Chapman writes so beautifully about all the ways that God is revealing himself through our bodies and our everyday lives. So she kind of says it's like the theology of the body book about everything having to do with T.O.B. outside the bedroom. So I cannot recommend that book enough. All right, so those kind of three things became connected and they're the things that led me to this word. But how has this word played out over the past year? 
I made a list and then I kind of expounded upon that. So I'm going to share some of the things that have been tangible in my life this year. I bought a paper planner for the first time in years. And I tried my best to sit down and write out my schedule and tasks each week. Through that process, I learned that the planner I had was a bit too much for me, and I definitely need something simpler for 2024. I also fell off the wagon many times, if I'm being honest, but it was so enjoyable to sit down with an actual piece of paper and write in my own handwriting what was coming up during the week and like take a pen and cross it off. It was just, it was a very important thing. The second thing is that I learned how to make sourdough bread and many other sourdough things. Making sourdough bread, especially like the crusty sourdough bread, is messy and sticky and wet. And I have grown to love it. I was intimidated by the process of making sourdough, but I kept telling myself, Jessamine, this is an easy and nutritious way to get your hands dirty. Just do it. Now I make fresh bread every week for my family, and I often make bread as gifts or to take to get togethers. And it's become really fun for me. The third thing is that I planted flowers for the first time ever. My husband bought me a Lowe's gift card for my birthday, which is in April, and I bought big turquoise flower pots for our front porch. I planted seeds and I watched them grow all summer long. My dahlias were the only things that thrived, but that's okay. My goal was to get green things to pop through the soil and it happened in all four of my pots. So I may not start from seed next summer to give my flowers a little bit of a better chance, but I'm really proud of that work. And Guinevere loved digging in the dirt with me. She also enjoyed eating it, but that's how you build an immune system, right? (laughs) The fourth thing is I started working out again. After having Guinevere, I really struggled emotionally and it took me a long time to find a groove with nutritious food and life-giving exercise. At the beginning of this past year, I joined my local bar studio, shout out to Exhale Fitness, and I have never looked back. I have learned more than I can possibly explain about how my body works, how to restore my body postpartum, not not get thin or lose weight or do all those things, like how to actually restore my body, how to listen to my body and care for my body and truly give my body the movement it needs when it needs it. Joining that studio is the single best thing I did in 2023, and it has tremendously changed my life. The next thing is that I intentionally planned messy activities for Guinevere. Did she enjoy all of them? No. Did I hate cleaning them up? Yes. Were they worth it? Yes. I really struggle with messes, so this was a challenging one for me but I wanted to give Guinevere opportunities to be messy and just explore. But through the course of like creating some sensory activities for her, I've learned that the best option is honestly just to let her go outside and be messy there. She seems to enjoy that a lot more than shaving cream, which she hated in case you were wondering. It totally freaked her out. (laughs) And that leads me to the next change, which is that I started to spend a lot more time outside. I truly do love being outside, but it's sometimes hard to make it happen. I have food to prep and laundry to fold and blah, 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 a million things to do as we all do. But being outside brings me so much joy and Guinevere absolutely loves it. She would spend all day outside if she could, whether it's negative 12 or 110. Thank you, August in Tennessee. So as we close out 2023, I'm actually thinking about setting a goal for 500 hours outside in 2024, which is 
half of the popular 1000 hours outside challenge because I'm trying to start somewhere and I want to give myself a goal that we can actually work toward and not feel overwhelmed by. So little by little, I'm acquiring outdoor weather gear like base layers, snowsuits, and rain boots so that we can spend even more time outside next year because I've seen the impact, the positive impact of spending so much more time outside. The last thing that comes to mind about my word tangible is related to the outdoors and that is being barefoot. Okay, I need you to understand, I do not enjoy being barefoot. I'm a socks and shoes girl. Like I grew up in a house where we always had, like most of the time, most we always had shoes on. Like we are a shoes on family. Oh, but in an effort to embrace the tangible world around me, I spent a lot of time barefoot this year. It was uncomfortable and dirty, but I kind of grew to love it. I loved feeling the earth under my feet and it became easier to just hop outside because I wasn't like, wait, let me go get my socks and shoes. And I try to give Guinevere as much barefoot time as possible. Even if it's a little bit chilly, it's so much easier for her to walk in bare feet and she does not shy away from dirt at all, which is both inspiring and frustrating. Also, little kids' feet don't have as many nerve endings as our adult feet do, and that's why they can step on God knows what, and they doesn't even phase them. Like, she'll walk on mulch, and she'll walk on rocks, and it's just like, hi, mom. And I'm sitting over here like, I can't even imagine doing that. So it really is kind of inspiring to watch her outside. I am sure that there are more examples of how my word of the year manifested itself this past year, but those are the most impactful things that come to mind. So I've shared my story with my words of the year from the past, and now I want to share how you can choose a word of the year if that's something you're interested in. It can be as silly or as serious as you want it to be. That's totally up to you, your temperament, and your hopes for the next year. As you begin the process of finding your word of the year, here are a few questions to ask yourself, and I'll put these in the show notes so that you can go back to them. What is God trying to teach me in this current season? What themes do I see in my life, perhaps themes surrounding change or areas of growth? How is God calling me to encounter him? And is there anything I need to change to make room for that encounter? What are some of my goals for the coming year? And is there a thread that ties them together? Are there any words that keep popping out from books, podcasts, TV shows, articles, or other content sources, why are these words capturing my attention? I've been doing intentional goal planning for the last five years, which I'm going to share more about next week. And part of that goal planning includes choosing a word of the year. Because that's a part of my annual rhythm, I start to notice some patterns and themes in my life toward the end of each year, usually around the end of November. I jot down goal ideas for the following year and also take note of any words coming to mind that could be a potential word of the year. I take special note of themes arising in prayer because that's usually God's way of saying, hey, you need to work on this. I'd like to work on this with you. Last year, I started to notice how worn out I was from so much digital consumption. And I asked God, how do I work on this? And he gave me the word tangible. The year prior, I was worn out from spending a lot of time doing things I didn't particularly enjoy, and he gave me the word life-giving. Perhaps I need to add a question to the list, which is, what is wearing you out right now, and what is an alternative way of living? Our exhaustion really does reveal a lot about changes that we need to make. 
Finding a word of the year is not an exact science or a theological practice. It's a simple way to bring more intentionality into your year. And it's a practice that will look different each year as you grow and change. In fact, writing this podcast episode was actually an interesting exercise in self-reflection because it helped me to see how, little by little, my word of the year process has changed as my relationship with God has changed. And also how my, as like, it's given me insight into how much my life has changed and my perspective on my life has changed. I asked him to give me my word of the year because I want him to guide my steps instead of telling him, hey God, this is my word of the year because this is how I want my year to go. Please take notes. (laughs) These are completely different approaches. Perhaps having a word of the year is a new idea to you, or perhaps you've chosen words in the past, but haven't really prayed much about it. No matter where you are with this idea, I hope you'll at least consider trying it for 2024 you may be surprised at how much that one little word can encourage and buoy you throughout the coming year. If you decide on a word of the year, I'd love to know what it is. Feel free to DM me on Instagram, comment on my Instagram post about this episode, or email me at podcast at jessamineanderson.com. And now for my something beautiful. My something beautiful this week is a cozy soup recipe called Italian sausage white bean soup. And it's one of my favorites. It's a bit of a labor of love, but it reheats so well and is perfect for cold winter days. It also makes an enormous amount of soup. So you can freeze some of it, or you can make it for a big gathering, or you can just make a huge pot of it and eat it five days in a row. That's your decision. It is loaded with bacon, Italian sausage, cannellini beans, spinach, and yummy spices. And it's creamy because you actually blend up some of the cannellini beans, but it's dairy-free. So if that's something that you try to avoid, this is a great option. It's truly one of my favorite soup recipes, so I hope you enjoy it and can clean up your bowl with some crusty bread. It's wild to think that this is the last episode of 2023 and that my next episode will come out in 2024. How did we get to the end of another year? It's crazy. Thank you so much for being here at the beginning of my podcast journey as I launched this in the last year. I hope to bring you many more episodes in 2024. God bless, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Becoming Beauty. I hope today's episode blessed you. There are a few simple things you can do to share the message you heard today. One, share this episode with a friend who needs it. Two, share this episode on social media. Three, leave a rating and a review so more people can find this podcast. I would so appreciate your help getting this podcast into the ears, hearts, and minds of more people. Have a lovely week.